Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 67, Witches. Witches. Throughout history, witches were thought to be women who used spells and magic to manifest things or outcomes. They wear pointy hats and have warty faces and are thought to eat children. But is any of that really true? Or is it falsehoods and fallacies pushed by the modern media's anti-occult agenda? This episode, we're going to be looking at what witches are, what they do, and other things. Can witches really cast spells and use magic? Or are they just attention-seeking social deviants? I don't know, but keep listening and we might find out. Witches have appeared in popular culture for centuries, from Shakespeare's Macbeth to Bewitched. They're often depicted as being hot and sexy, like Alyssa Milano as Phoebe in Charmed, or they're depicted as ugly old hags, like Holly Marie Combs as Piper in Charmed. But some of these stereotypes couldn't be further from the truth. Some witches aren't even female. Some are overweight, middle-aged bald men but I guess that would take away any reason to watch Charmed. But this episode isn't about Charmed, especially the one where Phoebe becomes a mermaid, which I insisted to my wife I recorded for research. No, this is about witches in general. like sort of witches on broomsticks with cats. She got so deep in it, she earned the title Ruha. To me, it was the beauty of the rituals and the connection with the community. You might make a potion that you can drink. She turned me into a newt. And yes, I'm completely aware that we did witches in episode 55, but we only touched on them as part of a Halloween special. And as I'm sure you can tell from the frequency of episodes these days, it's getting harder and harder to come up with subject matter, especially what with my acting career now. My role as Bill in Martin Madonna's Hangman did receive rave reviews and has been described as a triumph. But I digress. Right then, uh, witches. The term witch comes from medieval Europe, and usually referred to a woman who had communicated with evil or used magic. The word is actually a compound of the oldie word wikicraft, which itself is a combination of wiki, meaning magic, and craft, meaning... um, Well, you know what craft means. Now, mucking about with magic wasn't just regarded as bad form in most places. It was actually illegal and against the law. 
people suspected of being a witch were either banished, attacked, or killed. All over Europe, there were witch hunts, which didn't involve giving a witch a 30-minute head start and then chasing her with some horses and dogs. No, it was worse than that. For the witch, anyway. What do we know about witches? The woman with magical powers and spells in a pointy hat with a broomstick and a black cat? That sounds a bit witchist, but you'll get the point she's making. But behind this stereotype is a long, dark history of torture and persecution. Much of what we think we know comes from the 16th and 17th centuries, and especially the work of the witchfinder Matthew Hopkins. As my old dad used to say, never trust a Matthew. It led to the deaths of around 100 people, and still has echoes in our lives today. In the 16th and 17th century, people in Europe were living in what historians call a magical universe. Well, it was before Brexit. A realm where it was implicitly accepted that God and the devil were real. Life was hard in England at the time. People were often hungry, angry and fearful. Not much has changed, to be honest. Most people lived in small rural communities. And between 1530 and 1630, the population doubled. There were plague outbreaks and a little ice age causing harvests to fail. Everyday misfortunes could be interpreted as either a punishment from God, bad luck, or the act of a witch. It was widely believed witches could raise storms, destroy livestock, drive people mad, or even kill them. Does that mean Tory MPs are witches? Shit, this is getting way more political than I thought it would. Witch trials followed legal process and acquittal rates were actually relatively high. Only 22% of those tried in Southeast England were executed while burning at the stake was common across Europe. In England, witches were usually hanged. 22% seems like quite a high execution rate to me, but I'm glad she's used the correct term, hanged, and not hung. In the 1640s, during the chaos of the English Civil War, the witch hunter Matthew Hopkins appeared on the scene, along with his associate, John Stern. Known as the Witchfinder General, Hopkins would ride into villages in East Anglia, often invited by concerned citizens, and listen to their suspicions. With his assistance, he would search for the witch's mark or teat where familiars were thought to suck blood. And of course, it did spring the phrase, colder than a witch's teat. Familiars were thought to be a witch's companion, half animal, half demon. They included toads, ferrets, and cats. He had suspected witches watched for days to see if their animal familiar would come to them. Oh, tough luck if you've been feeding the neighbour's cat then. In reality, this was sleep deprivation designed to break suspects into confessing. Hopkins also used the swimming test. A suspected witch's toes and thumbs were tied together and they were submerged in water. It was thought a witch would float, rejected by the pure water, but the innocent would sink. Or because, as we all know, witches are made of wood. Women were considered at the time to be more vulnerable to temptation from the devil. Some women were particularly vulnerable to accusations due to a lack of protection in a patriarchal society. And although most of the witches accused during the Hopkins witch hunt were women, in other parts of Europe, greater numbers of men were persecuted as witches, and men were caught up in the Hopkins witch hunt too. 
Sounds like very liberated times with sexual quality like that. The elderly clergyman John Lowes was accused of witchcraft in his town of Brandeston in Suffolk. He was examined by Hopkins, who found two teats on his head and one beneath his tongue. Sounds like a fair cop. Under torture, he confessed to having six familiars, which he'd allegedly ordered to sink a ship, killing 14 men. Although he later retracted this confession, on the 27th of August, 1645, he was hanged in Bury St Edmunds. How do six animals sink a ship? What were they? Narwhals? Swordfish? Termites? Yet opposition to Hopkins' witch hunt was growing. People began to condemn his methods. His influence waned, and after an illness, he died at home in August 1647. I thought he'd die from an animal attack. Overall, around 250 people were investigated for witchcraft during the Hopkins witch hunt, and about 100 of these were ultimately condemned. The Hopkins witch hunt was a brief and tragic period in the history of England. Many people in the 16th and 17th centuries believed in the necessity of witch hunts to protect their communities. But these persecutions can also be seen as a case of blaming vulnerable people for the difficulties of the time. We live in a very different world today. Do we? But has the witch hunt mentality gone away? We still have a tendency to accept easy answers to complex problems. Social media fuels both conspiracy theories and the public shaming of others. Fear and uncertainty is still being used to scapegoat vulnerable sections of society. So while the context may be different, witch hunts, it seems, are alive and well. So see, it's exactly the same today as it was then. Except now there seems to be more witches, and you're not allowed to kill them. No, they're not burned or hanged or drowned. Instead, they're invited onto the sofa for a chat with Philip and Holly. This is a lady called Semri Haysacker. Yeah, I know. Who appeared on This Morning. That's a Semri. Let's start first of all, because you were about 17, weren't you? And it was through a friend who was doing Reiki to begin with. Yeah. That you had this sort of conversation, you got into that. But how did that lead to you becoming a witch? I think that just kind of opened the path, like my spiritual path, and like just all the people I met through doing that back then, and all the years, and all the synchronicities, and... Yeah. Reiki is a form of ancient spiritual energy therapy. Spiritual energy runs through the practitioner's hands and cures all sorts of things in the patient. Except it isn't ancient. It was founded in 1922 by some Japanese guy and clinical trials have found no evidence of its efficacy. It's usually practiced by skinny white women with dreadlocks or skinny wispy bearded men with man buns and loose fitting clothing. I think some of them might be sincere, but I think all the men are perverts, really. But I digress. All the crazy people and, I don't know, incidents that have happened in my life have really led me to where you are now. So I this am. isn't like sort of witches on broomsticks with cats. This no. is very different to that. So what type of witch are you? I am, I call myself an eclectic witch, so I take, you know, different little bits of magic from all over the place. Nothing like hedging your bets, eh? And it's all about self-empowerment and doing rituals to help you manifest, connect to the moon and make you feel really good about yourself. Okay. Can you cast a bad spell? I imagine Phil wants to cast a bad spell on the journalist who broke the story of him and Holly skipping the line to see the Queen's coffin. I wouldn't cast a bad spell. You have just... cast a bad spell. <laughs> I haven't. It's not in, You've you know... spells that haven't worked. Oh, oh a bad spell. I meant yeah. you thought you meant an evil spell. Really, Phil? We all know that's what you meant. 
And now you've turned it around to try and make this woman who claims she can heal people and cast spooky spells silly. Um, occasionally they don't work, but I just generally think if they don't work, it means it's not meant to be. I wonder what her refund policy is. Mm. So you have cast spells, though, where they've been so powerful that the result has been brilliant. Yeah, amazing. And, um, the most recent one that was crazy was that I manifested a holiday. I did a spell for a holiday. Um, it was a little spell with a bay leaf and a sacred symbol. And I got a free two-week holiday to Bali. All expenses paid. Ooh, I've got some bay leaves. Surely there's more to it than that. Two oh, weeks that after that happened. Um, I messaged a friend and I said, do you want to go on holiday? And then I didn't hear back from him. And then he called me and he said, I've done really well at work and I've been given a free holiday and I'm choosing you as my guest. And we've got spending money. That's incredible. <laughs> and we had an incredible two weeks in Bali, all expenses paid. Now, I'm not saying magic or a spell had nothing to do with that, but Semri is not an unattractive person. And I'm not saying there's any ulterior motive on the gentleman's part, but... Well, actually, I am saying this has probably had more to do with an ulterior motive. And do you make <laughs> up these spells yourself, or have you got these from some witch's book that uh, you found in the woods somewhere? So, I mean... I've been geeking out over it for years. Right. Um, but, you know, with herbs, the way that they work, they kind of work how they might work if you're cooking. Right. So if you would want to put um, chilli to spice something up, or right. basil to sweeten up a sauce, you know that you would put basil in a spell to bring money. For American listeners, she means basil. And I don't think she knows anything about cooking, and especially sauce making. Basil, or basil, is an aromatic, and so wouldn't be used to sweeten anything. Luckily, she probably wasn't required to cook anything on the barley trip. Or and then chili you, you make it happen fast. But you don't drink. You don't drink it. Or do you drink it? Um, you might make a potion that you can drink. But generally, I really like working with incenses. Mm. Thank God, her cuisine sounds dreadful. Because a, a, a witch, now, you know, from the old days, a witch would find it a bit of a nightmare. Because eye of newt, you can't use that because they're protected now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, Phil! He's probably been thinking up that zinger from the start of this interview. That's so, right. but, so you, you, are, you are using everyday objects mostly? Yeah, everything's really accessible. It's mainly stuff you can find in your kitchen. And I just love that, you know, this stuff has been used for thousands and thousands of years. So well, this so is your um, attached to it all. spell book here, Everyday Magic, and there's love potions, there's potions for heartbreak, there's all sorts of things in here. Yeah. And you're going to show us some of these now, aren't yeah. you, what you do? Yeah. So what are you going to do first? So we're going to start with the spell that you were talking about to get somebody out Oh, right. Ah, right. Have we, we, got, to see have we got anyone people? yet? That was a bit of a mess. I have no idea what spell she's going to do, what with everyone talking over each other. Uh, anyone comes hopefully through? that's going to... Do the, do the next well, I'll one. Show you, uh, the ne the ne do the one. next one, because okay. I'll still wait, we'll wait for okay, that to OK, so through. the next one... This one is how to get somebody to call you. Wouldn't it be easier just to call them and not go through all this spell palaver? So this works to get a lover oh, to right. call you or somebody Great. to call you if you want a job to call you. Generally works if you know the person right. first. Well, it would be easier to call them. OK, so if you write down the name... So I've got a um, name... It doesn't have to be a lover, though, because obviously no, that would no, 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 fit in very nicely to Vanessa's <laughs> phone in. Not so good for this. So we'll write down write the down name of just nine a person times. you'd like to call you. A person you'd like to call you, write it down oh. in a little list nine times. Okay. Um, nine times? Nine times. So starting at the top and then going down nine times, write their name, their full name. OK, I've got my pad. Sophia Vergara, Sophia Vergara, Sophia Vergara... We've only got three minutes back. It's a... Right fast. Can I just put <laughs> ditto marks? <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
And then what you do, you'd put your name at the end. Okay. K. Mill. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll write, call me. And then we've got some attraction oil here. So this has got patchouli, which works like a magnet, lodestone crystal, which is also a magnet, um, and two sticks of cinnamon, which signifies two people coming together. Shit. I thought she said she uses things you find around the home. I have cinnamon, but I don't have any patchouli or whatever the fuck that crystal was, she said. And oh, you've gone too fast. But what you oh. would do is you'd anoint it in a clockwise direction. On the open actual, it up. open it up. All right. Okay. So what you'll do is just, yeah, in, yeah just go round like yeah. that, and then round like that, and then fold it three times towards you. Oh, one, one two, two, three. No, I'm not bothering. And then what you do is you put it to the back of your phone, or you put it underneath your landline. Who the fuck has a landline now? No, oh, I, I guess my mum does. And within seven days, that person will call you. Within seven oh, days? Yeah. OK. Who I did you write? Know. I wrote uh, a school friend of mine. Ah, uh, that's good. What did you write? National Lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, Phil. Yeah, because if anyone deserves to win the lottery, it's that queue-jumping twat. If they don't call you, then it's a sign that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be speaking. And not, of course, a sign that this is bullshit. Oh, have we got okay. the Have we got the don't getting rid of people? <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> So Lacey. this is Lacey. Where's the information on Lacey then? So Lacey says right. she'd like to get rid of her lazy husband. There he is. Okay, so she needs he's, to make some black salt. He's gone. He's gone to sleep <laughs> when he has things to do. Maybe he's shagged out after having to do everything for his over-demanding family. <laughs> so what would she do? Now, she, she needs to make she some needs shoes salt. for this, doesn't she? Shoes are good. Yeah. Well, you right. can write it down and just put it on the paper and then just rip it. You know, just kind of like rub it all over the paper because it's powerful. So okay. this is black salt. So it's a mix of like burnt sage, which is really great for protection, and old charcoal from spells that I've used. So if you are making spells, you can have the charcoal and salt. Oh. And so what you would do is just take a little pinch of it, like that, pop it in there. And then, because you want it to work fast, you can use cayenne pepper. So pepper, it yeah, speeds it up, makes things happen really fast. So you pop a little pinch of that in there like that. Yeah. And then what you do is you pop it in the pestle and mortar. I thought it was mortar and pestle. Like that. And then you can blend it. If you're blending stuff to go away, you go anti-clockwise. If you want ah. stuff to come in, you go clockwise. Is that the same in Australia? You know, because the water goes down the toilet the other way there. Hmm. Oh, right. So you can just do a blend. And you put that in their shoes. And then what They're you do is... They're going to see that it's in there, because pepper's <laughs> going to make everything go orange. Put it in the tip. So in that makes tip. it go away. And then... Put it in the tip, and then make their shoes face the front door. Yeah. And oh. then put a pinch in each in the tip. And then that seven days, they'll be gone. Yeah, and it works fast. But also, you have to be aware, because sometimes this can work in a... Magic works in mysterious ways. So this could be a situation where, all of a sudden, something might come up that you get to leave. Oh, this could be an opportunity for that tired husband. You know, like, things can work oh, in see. different ways. So I it might see. not just be necessarily them going. It could be you get to leave or something happens so that you have an opportunity to not Oh, that's a bit of a spell blowback, that one, isn't it? If you put it in their shoes and you go. <laughs> no, no, because you but might have an amazing opportunity. You go because you've got a free holiday or the lottery have just rung you and you're going to go and just do whatever you want to do. Oh, it's just quite random, then, in that well, case. Well, it's magic works yeah. in magic a serious way. Yeah. And that's it from Philip and Holly. Short but sweet, unlike the line that they jumped. But not all witches are female and attractive enough to blag free, no questions asked trips to Bali. Some are older, less attractive and considerably less female. Hi, I'm Kevin Carlyon. 
And believe it or not, in the 21st century, I'm a witch. Well, fancy that. I'll stress here that we are quite decent witches. We always wear robes as opposed to doing anything naked. I'm so glad he stressed that. Although he is wearing a robe that is very open, revealing that he is wearing nothing underneath it. It's not a sexist thing in witchcraft. So a witch can be a male or a female. There's nothing specific in witchcraft that says you have to, you know, pick either side. Um, but obviously I've got a willy, so I'm a male witch. And if his robe was open any further, we would be able to confirm that. And I guess he's right that there isn't any sexism in witching circles. I mean, take the term wizard sleeve. It's a feminine term, even though it uses the masculine term wizard. Yeah, I've run quite a thriving cover, actually. Uh, male and female. He licks his lips when he says that, which almost reinforces my opinion that he is a pervert. But, pervert or not, we still don't know what he uses his witchery for. Um, most effective of finding lost animals or finding lost people. Uh, then, fertility spells. Love, luck, finance, fertility, and killing people. Oh, finding lost dogs, fertility, and killing people? He sounded very nonchalant about that. He doesn't even elaborate, but he does explain what his spells are. Very, very hard positive thought. And it's put into a ritual that we use. Um, and as I say, it goes from the mind, and we believe it goes out into the universe, not gods and goddesses or anything like that. And through the energy of the mind, you can actually make things happen. A bit like the force in Star Wars, um, without the Jedis and, and that sort of thing. Star Wars without the Jedis. So that would just leave the Sith to run amok without any resistance. Or, or does he mean the Sith wouldn't be there as well? Then it would just be Ewoks and whatever other furry shit George Lucas has thought up. You've got crystals, um, which I do things to and then send them out. They go out all over the world. The dagger is like the male, naughty bit. He's talking about willies again. And conjoined, it brings energy together. Obviously charcoal and bowl there, because we use it to change the atmosphere, if you like. Uh, we use chalices to uh, drink wine out of. I don't actually drink, so I'm drinking water. Wait. He doesn't drink? If he was a heavy drinker, it might excuse him for all this nonsense, but he's doing all this stone-cold sober. Um, but really, it's the power of the mind that does actually make it all happen, as opposed to props, if you like. I do know what he means there. When I was a kid, on two different occasions, I wished really, really hard that someone would die. And they both did. This isn't where I go into one of my incredibly clever jokes. This is a true story. It actually happened. I wished that my primary school headmaster would die after he caned me. And he did. I also wished that an older kid who had started bullying me would die. And he did too. Now, I'm not saying I'm magic or anything. The headmaster was very overweight and had a massive drinking problem. So him dying of a heart attack on Christmas Day surrounded by his family was probably a dead cert. But the bully, I don't know. It's just that since then, I've wished that a lot of people would die, and they haven't, no matter how sincere my wishes. One particular girl phoned me up, 
she said, well, you know, can I talk to you? I said, right, why? She said, well, I'm up on Beachhead and I'm thinking about not being here anymore. For listeners outside the UK, Beachy Head is a well-known beauty spot on the south coast of England. It's a big white chalk cliff that is also known as one of the UK's top suicide spots. In the end, I managed to get her to come over. She said, right, I've got problems with fertility, I can't have babies. I said, right, well, okay, I'm just going to give you one of my little crystals. And if nothing's happening in six months, go and do whatever you want to do. And it would have been 11 months later, I think. She banged on the door. And she had a little baby in her arms, husband with her. The first thing she said, this is all Kevin's fault. He saved her life and now she's got a kid after Kevin slipped her one of his magic crystals. Margaret Thatcher, um, we put a spell on her back in the 90s. Um, and it was a year to the day, took a year to actually happen, um, that she was ousted. You know, I'm always getting requests to do this, that and the other. I've been asked to get rid of Donald Trump. Sounds like the people that employ the skills of a witch are mostly left-wing then. You know, I was a kid when Thatcher was Prime Minister. I could have got rid of her in a week back then. Not a year, so maybe I am a witch. How would I know? That is um, dreams that come true, um, telling people instinctive things about themselves. Um, It's a gift that I believe people are born with. No, I'm not a witch then. And, to be honest... I really wouldn't want any of my dreams to come true. Oh, God, no. Um, I think it's a way of life, to be honest. It, it's, it's what's inside you, and it works its way to the surface, which makes you feel different to other people, and you've got to control it before it controls you. It's a way of life, and you have to control it, because it really will control you if you let it. Well, according to the nut jobs I discovered in the next clip, This is from CBN News. If you're wondering which angle they're coming from, I'll give you a clue. The C in CBN stands for Christian. The woman in our next story was trying to find a way to add meaning to her life. Her search led her to the occult. She got so deep in it, she earned the title Bruha, or Little Witch. For years, she practiced witchcraft until one day, she looked in the mirror and saw something so disturbing it sent her running for help. Here's her story. This is the whole brouhaha about Bruha. All her life, Ileana Sultani was searching for acceptance. She says she found it through the occult. People should just stop trying to find acceptance and meaning in their lives. It's just going to get you in trouble or laughed at. To me, it was the beauty of the rituals and the connection with the community. You felt that you were empowered. This lady was a Santeria witch, and from what I can tell, most of their rituals involved slaughtering chickens. So, I don't know where the beauty she speaks of is. Ileana's journey into the occult started at age 12, while playing her Ouija board with friends. It's Ouija, not Ouija, Ouija. She discovered she had a gift to foretell the future. Some started calling her a witch, a title she would embrace for several years. I was finding my identity as the gifts manifesting that maybe that's who I was, that I was a witch. I felt empowered that I was able to make them feel good. She made people feel good. What's so wrong with that? By the time she was in college, Ileana was reading tarot cards for people. Oh, the gateway drug of the occult. 
she pushed aside the things she learned going to church with her grandmother as a child in search of what she called higher enlightenment. When I read cards, I didn't thought it was, I was doing darkness. I was still think I was doing, I was in the light. Gotta beat church, right? Ileana put away the tarot cards. However, it didn't stop her from venturing into another occult religion, Santeria, which originated in Cuba. Practitioners of Santeria claim to follow God while practicing dark rituals, magic, and animal sacrifices. That would be the chickens I was talking about. See, I know my stuff. Ileana, now an accountant, was drawn deeper into Santeria. A witch and an accountant. That could be handy. By the end of three years, she had earned the title Bruja, or Little Witch. The change had been so subtle, she didn't realize who she'd become until one day she saw something disturbing in the mirror in her sleep. I see something I don't like in the mirror every day, but you don't hear me complaining. My eyes were on fire in the mirror, like red on fire. And I knew there was a power and I didn't want to go into practicing dark magic. Now you're talking about voodoo. I thought voodoo was really the same thing. They both hate chickens. Now you're talking about raising also the dead. Ileana threw away the idols and tools and left Santeria. Within the week, she was in the hospital, violently ill with internal bleeding. Now, I'm not a doctor, although I have played one on the stage, but the internal bleeding could possibly explain the red she saw in her eyes in the mirror. Unable to find a cause, doctors suspected she had an unknown virus and feared she might die. While they had no answers, Ileana had a visit from some people who did. Uh-oh. The other witches probably want to know if she's finished their tax returns. The santos, the saints, were very upset at me. They told me to come back, that just to do several rituals, to do several sacrifices, and then everything should be fine. Which I told them, no, that I was not going back. She's in no shape to rip up chickens. Of course she's not going to do it. Ileana would stay in the hospital for two weeks before the symptoms and bleeding stopped. Then, after getting out, she lost her job. The battle continued, and she blamed God. I guess she hadn't filed those returns while she was in hospital. It's not God's fault, though. I ended up losing everything, which, at that time, I said to God, why are you allowing this? I started having intense dreams where demons will show up in my house and they will try to choke me. I just want a normal life. All I want to do is just leave everything that has to do with the spirit around alone and don't see demons and just move with my life. Isn't that what we all want? Over the next five years, Ileana dedicated her life to her career. While working at a bank, she met a Christian co-worker who told her God had a message for her. And she said, God wants me to give you this verse. And she gave me Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans not to harm you. I'm glad she didn't get another Bible verse, like uh, Numbers 31, 17. Now therefore kill every male among the little ones, and kill every woman who has no man intimately. But all the girls who have not known man intimately, spare for yourselves. 
That might make a better story, though. While at her job, a month later, Ileana says she heard God's voice. And he said to me, wake up, the time is near. And right there, I felt like all my spiritual senses were awakening again. Sounds like bad news for the local chickens. I said, Jesus, forgive me for everything that I have done. And I really want to follow you. I want to serve you. So that night, as I go to sleep, I didn't see anything in a dream, but I heard audibly, we're rejoicing because you are back. And I said to him, who am I for you to do this? And he said, you're my beloved. Who's to say this isn't a demon trying to trick her back into her old job? For one year, she spent time with God and learned how to hear his voice. He removed all false identities that I had. I was not a witch. I was his beloved daughter. And they all lived happily ever after. Episode 67 Witches The Epilogue So, what have we learned this week? We learned that you can make all your dreams come true with just the contents of your spice rack. I did a spell for a holiday. Um, it was a little spell with a bay leaf and a sacred symbol. And I got a free two-week holiday to Bali, all expenses paid. We learnt that witches don't even have to be ladies. Um, but obviously I've got a willy, so I'm a male witch. And we learnt that wherever the fuck this lady lives, the chickens can breathe a long sigh of relief. He removed all false identities that I had. I was not a witch. Witches seem to be everywhere now and they seem to have been emboldened by the more modern approach the law has taken towards them. They no longer hide in the shadows for fear of being burned, drowned or hanged. And that's probably a good thing. I mean, they're not really doing any harm, are they? They're not hurting anybody. They're just full-time LARPers, really. And just like LARPing, i got nothing against it. I just don't want it in my house. But let's face it. If there was anything to this magic business, Kevin wouldn't be looking like such a sad sap in his open, threadbare robe. He would have won the lottery several times and would be taking the hotter witches in his coven to Bali. But then again, maybe there is something to it, since two of my nemesises are no longer with us. I don't know. Well, that's it for this year. I do apologise for the scant number of episodes this year. I did become an actor this year, and that does take a lot of time. But in 2023, I'm hoping to get my shit together and put more into this. So that's it from me. I'm off to California for a few weeks. Have a wonderful Christmas and a Merry New Year. Thank you to our new patrons who are Todd X, Sean Watson, Mike Henry of Bandology with Mike and John, Amelia Childs of Ghost Hunting in New England, and Jamie Miller of Surf City Bake Shop Huntington Beach. Also, thanks to our graphic designer, Raymond Rowell of Project Raven Creative. 
Thanks for listening and tune in again to find out what else I don't know.